so we had uh, one hell of a race today. As, uh, there as, was some racing today. There was as, some racing today. Yeah, yeah. Would, uh, should we should we do our 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 pod racing? Let's do some pod racing. Let's do it. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the F1 Files. This is our pod racing podcast. Uh, It's our Formula One podcast. No, no, we got to be serious, John. We got to be serious. This is our Formula One podcast. We're just a couple of best friends who've loved this sport forever, and now we're doing a podcast about it because it's the thing to do. It's an excuse to catch sure. up with, yeah. with, with each other. Yeah, it's really what it is. Uh, I, I'm one of those hosts. My name is Corey Willis, and I'm an actor, writer, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And I'm John Lapore, a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Uh, mm. Corey, we had our second race of the season today. We sure did. I'm going to just kind of blast through some high-level takeaways Maybe yeah, you you insert you insert anything you think I missed, and then I think we just start pecking away at whatever jumps out at us. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm down. So I'm down. we we had a race. We had mm-hmm. a race that uh, was well. We had an interesting qualifying leading up to that race that set us up with a we pretty sure exciting sort of table setting for the race, which was we had Max Verstappen. Uh, qualifying in 14th. Was it 14th or 15th? Where did he end up on the I grid? I believe he ended up in done? 15th. Uh, is what I think that's where he qualified. Where he, yeah, he went out in 15th. So we had that going into the race. Mm-hmm. We saw that result still in some pretty serious Red Bull dominance. Of course. We saw, uh, we got it to see a second race with our newfangled darlings, the Aston Martin team, mm-hmm. uh, pecking away at things and got some some takeaways from that. We've got some penalty shenanigans oh. that were all over the place. That we'll FIA to... just tripping all over its own barely tied shoes. Just barely. Yes. Tied. Bedroom slippers. Let's say the FIA tripped all over their bedroom slippers this uh this weekend we had a pretty typical sort of uh proficient surprisingly proficient scuderia ferrari uh then find ways to unlock their own inner scuderia mm-hmm. pagliacci mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. activate clown mode at, yep. at the perfect point in the race yep um much and, like Marshawn uh, Lynch pioneered beast mode, <laughs> Scooter <laughs> Ferrari is pioneering clown mode. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's it. It's just oh. like, do you think they just jump over the radio and they just like squeak their nose? Like they're just like, hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey. and mm-hmm. that's the, that's the code to everybody. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, God. Like there's, there's like somebody like, you know, looking over from the, the, the pit wall and they're doing like a sort of like, you know, just I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm pantomiming on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the, doing the, doing the Robert De Niro. I see you. I'm watching you. And then do the pinching their nose as a a way of signaling. 
you know, activate, <laughs> you know, activate clown nose yeah. mode. Yeah. yeah. It's like snake eyes, but, uh, but clown nose instead. Just imagine what mm-hmm. you would do if you were honking uh, a, a squeaky red nose, just like Robert. Because otherwise it would guys. be too difficult as a quick, urgent gesture to like mm-hmm. hold up your shoe and try to pretend that the shoe is larger than exactly like dra- yeah. comedically larger than normal. <laughs> um, <laughs> just look over and they're like trying to juggle headsets on the on the pit wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then um, I mean, for me, th- those were the the broad there was also the, strokes. The, what, what, yeah, the pseudo redemption story, pseudo redemption of Mercedes, uh, kind of a, a glimmer of hope. There's a, a little bit of a glimmer of hope, I'd say, with Mercedes. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Alpine looked strong. They had some strength in there. Uh, somewhat remarkable, but relatively unremarkable. The most remarkable thing was they almost fought each other. And then I'd say one of the saddest, one of the low, low notes, that McLaren battle. That was embarrassing. Ooh. That was embarrassing. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, those, I think that's, that kind of covers most of what I saw this weekend. Uh, there, there was, there was some action in qualifying. It was relatively low-key i think seeing uh logan Sargent do that first mm-hmm. spin like when that first happened i was like "Ooh, that was i don't know how you spin in that area because i think that's the same place that mick schumacher spun and like broke mm-hmm. his car in half right uh, uh yep. or one one of the places he spin he spun and broke <laughs> the haas in half last year uh but that was that was very lucky and then not so lucky because he tagged the wall uh lando norris tagged the inside of that last turn which was just such a weird move i I think that you may have hit the nail on the head with norris being a little bit shook because of piastri i think that that is absolutely what we're seeing so let's yeah let's yeah, let's dive yeah. right in here and let's start with the McLaren story. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. McLaren are in a absolute race to the bottom. Uh, yeah, this highly proficient <sighs> legendary team have hit new lows. I mean, who's the winner at McLaren? The winner at McLaren is Daniel Ricardo. Daniel Ricardo. Eighteen million dollars not to drive the McLaren anymore. I I imagine like uh, Danny Ricardo is like not needing to touch his McLaren money. Like Jay Leno, like doesn't have to touch his Tonight Show money. Yeah, like he's just like I don't even. It's just sitting somewhere, getting earning interest. I don't. (laughs) I don't need that eighteen mil. It's just whatever. (sighs) Yeah, that's that's a sad. They're in a sad state. Um, Yeah. And Norris seems to be making little mistakes. He was told to not make it too difficult for Piastri to pass Mm -hmm. him at the end of the Grand Prix for 16th place. 16th place. Uh, And when Piastri got around him, he seemed to open up a gap on him. So, you know, the team was was basically seeing like, all right, now you're now you're just sort of impeding our yeah. other driver which 
uh, and I think uh, Jack Doonan was uh, was was helping to host the post race show, and he was uh, he was saying like it just looked it looked like McLaren was treating Piastri's race more like a test because they hadn't really given a chance they they haven't given him a chance to really run that car around a grand prix circuit because they mm-hmm. were so miserable with all their little like physical limitations with literal physical components breaking and falling apart on the car uh and then yeah yeah so keeping in physical things breaking off the car first lap uh, he has contact with, I think, either it was either Gasly or Ocon. I know it was one of the Alpines, but has contact at like turn three or turn two uh, and breaks his front wing, uh, has to come into yep. the pits and immediately is in the back of the pack. Uh, he qualified eighth. I mean, Piastri, lo- the, the McLaren looks like it has some pace. I mean, it has all the components yep. that it needs to. It got a ton of testing in the wind tunnel. It got a ton of CFD. Like it got all the things it needed to do almost as much as Aston Martin. So to see them not even being being barely competitive with the Haas, I'd say, uh, I I wouldn't even say that they're competitive with the Williams. I think the Williams is a superior car to the McLaren right now, which, whoa, is that sliding backwards? After uh, after two races, McLaren is solidly in tenth and last place yeah. for the constructors' championship. Yeah, I mean this effectively is... double Ooh. did not finish double DNF uh, from the first race and finished only the only person that finished behind them was Valtteri Bottas today, and that is and I guess like I don't even know what happened with Bottas. Uh, I don't know. Did did you see what happened? With his race, because I thought he was doing somewhat okay, uh, and then he just fell behind. I think maybe he got yeah. caught out during that safety car. Uh, which so yeah, let's. Is there anything else from from qualifying that really like stuck out to you? Uh, that, uh, Leclerc, um, Leclerc did really really well in qualifying, mm-hmm. uh, but yep, of course he had the ten place grid penalty, so he qualified second and started twelfth. So, mm-hmm. luckily, Verstappen started fifteenth. So that's the only. Yeah. It's the ray of sunshine. Is that part of the Red Bull broke? Is the thing that made Ferrari look good this week? Yeah, even that is. Yeah. Uh, sorry. What, what I, were you saying? I John? will say there's. Uh, I think a lot of people have mixed feelings about this circuit. This uh, this you mm-hmm. know effectively street circuit. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I love seeing the onboards around this mm-hmm. circuit with the yeah. with the walls that are pretty much consistent, you know, creating this canyon that the drivers are racing through, which is yeah. ridiculously challenging because you have this incredibly limited visibility for what's up ahead of you around every bend. And I always find that like every corner that they come around, I'm like, Oh no, there's another wall there. Walk out. You're going to, Oh, he just barely missed that. Oh yeah. And that just happens like, uh, you know, corner after corner. I mean, obviously this is, this is what these guys do well, but seeing how constantly close they are 
it's to really really smashing cool. <laughs> these walls and then seeing also the, uh during qualifying and during the race these occasional little like love taps that the wall will get to me it's miraculous that we only had one safety car in the race yeah so let's let's do you want to let's jump into the race here johnny uh so we we had uh, alonzo and uh perez qualifying uh effectively on the front row so everyone kind of mm-hmm. got bumped up when leclerc uh when his penalty was put into put into effect which was because yep. he had to take a third engine control unit so that's the thing that communicates with the hybrid component of the engine uh that determines how much battery is put into the system uh to increase the horsepower or to maintain like basically let the car run a little bit more a little less efficiently um a little bit leaner a little bit heavier on on fuel uh so they had to take a third that was going to be a 10 place uh, 10 place grid penalty this is they wanted to have that happen earlier in the season sorry, they could have taken it I'm later. sorry Corey they th- this is the third of the same part yeah in advance of the second race so yeah, after the second, one yeah. weekend yeah they've burnt through two of these yeah which is all they're allowed for the 23 race season and they've already used right. they're already on their third one and that's in their Ooh. most dominant car if, if you yeah. There's there's no other way to put it. That's Charles Leclerc is the number one Ferrari driver and Ferrari has multiple junior teams. So like he is for all intents and purposes, he has the best Ferrari engine that is available to any driver on the face of the earth. Charles Leclerc has and it's broken three times before the second race even started. So. That does not bode well for Ferrari and this bomb of an engine that they have. It may be what we <laughs> sorry sorry for the folks. Yeah, uh, I was almost had a little spit take there. Uh, that was great. Um, so there was there there's there's definitely trouble on the horizon for Ferrari. I think for the rest of the season, we're going to see every car that uses a Ferrari motor. I get uh, I get optimistic. I see glimmers yeah. of hope with yeah, Ferrari. Yeah. Uh I was re- I was feeling really good about how the race was unfolding for them. They pulled off a 2.1 second pit stop. I saw that. That was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I was, you know, cuz you know, I see the red car going to the pit and I'm like waiting to see like is someone going to like accidentally try and pour fuel into the car even though refueling was banned you know a, a, a generation ago yeah, you know like, like I, I'm, ago. I'm yeah. looking to see before if before like, your children like before your kids were like able to talk was the last time where fuel being put yeah, in, uh, in the you F1 know we yeah. see if somebody's accidentally got like you know a uh a, a a Hyundai donut spare tire that they're putting on one of the rear wheels, you know, like it's, it's yeah. And, and instead they crack off a 2.1 second pit stop. Mm -hmm. Like that to me was very impressive. And I was like, all right, there you go, guys. That's, that's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Uh, And then how many laps later was it? Uh, I think it was, what, like two laps later was the safety car. (laughs) 
So just yeah. basically just like absolutely nullified the yeah, 2.1 second. The, the, the worst, worst possible yeah timing for that yeah. to work out. Yeah. Uh, um, so that was amazing. That was so funny to watch that happen. I was like, oh, hell yeah, Ferrari. And then when that safety car came out, I was like, oh, oh. Hey, do we, do we know? All right. So the safety car was triggered by Lance mm-hmm. Stroll's Aston Martin uh, being told to pull off. Yeah. Do we know what yeah. happened to his car? No, but it was one of those. Uh, the the his his race engineer came over the radio and did the frantic uh, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car right now, stop the car on track, uh, and that is. What's basically happening is an engineer is seeing a catastrophic failure in the engine system, probably in one of these main components like the engine control unit or uh, something that Mm. is fed through like hydraulics. It's usually a hydraulic failure, uh, like a hose has come loose or scorched or come undone or something like that. Yeah, you know, I saw a little poof come out of his car before he pulled over i was wondering if that was like a hydraulic like burst or something maybe Uh, yeah um and that poof is probably Hmm. just something combusting and then getting shot out the back of the car so because they run so hot uh it's not that something failed within the engine component it's that something failed around the engine and probably just like immediately came into contact with uh something that is scorching hot so it just like kind of like makes a little like fireball so that's why you'll see these like little puffs uh even when something not within the ICE the uh internal combustion unit uh fails or the turbo fails those are different <laughs> those are very different yeah. but you can just see hours and hours of ferrari footage of all these different kinds of failures um but that's what happened with Lance's car uh what I what what happened with that, the safety car should not have come out on track. Uh, and the reason why it was brought out on track was because of a weak GPS signal around that circuit. Uh, and the reason, well, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so Lance's car was pulled pretty much all the way off mm-hmm. and looked yep. like it was in a safe place for recovery, but yeah, very safe. No marshals would have been on track technically it was sending a signal saying it was in a unsafe area which brought out the safety car and quite honestly i was shocked that yeah. lance stroll made such a concerted effort to pull in to a very easy place because i would yeah. think that everyone on the aston martin team would be like just you know pull the handbrake up and stop the car wherever you are because I mean, and this sucks. You're, you you've got a major technical issue, but this yeah. is a win for your teammate because you're going to bring out a safety car and exactly. allow your teammate to take advantage of. Uh, yeah, who had who was who was leading the race at that time? I think, or was he in second place? Uh, had he, he may, been? Uh, I he think was he already got... in second place at that point. Okay, but. Okay. We we get to I guess the other one of the other stories of the race, which was Alonzo and his uh, series of uh, technical rule breaking challenges yeah. over the course of the race. So yeah, he's starting second place on the grid. 
He pulls up. They do the formation lap before the race begins, and everyone lands, lines up their cars in their starting positions. And his car was what? It was like eight inches to the left. So it's the the exact opposite of what Esteban Ocon did last week. So like how you right. could see Esteban, you could see the right uh, his right front tire and like the wing of his car. You could see that was like outside of the box, so out of line with everybody else. Alonso basically did the same thing, except there's no one in front of him, so he maybe has even more of an excuse for why that. Like, he also didn't gain any advantage because of where he lined up on the track. It's It doesn't gain it. He's not shortening the distance the first turn. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's not that he's, you know, eight inches forward of where he should be starting. Yeah. He's no. eight inches to the left, which is, it's not even like he's eight inches pointed towards his opponent. He's pointed, you know, more towards the wall. I don't know. It seemed, yeah, seemed a little bit superfluous. But listen, if they want it, you know, I get it. There's, there's rules, rules and we got to follow the rules, rules and there's got to be precise with them and whatnot. So sure, whatever. Yeah. And even Alonzo, they, they told him over the radio, Alonzo, you've got, mm-hmm. you know, a five second penalty for being misaligned in the the starting box and yeah. you know like any other driver would do does he like blurt out obscenities or start complaining or whining he just says confirmed Con- confirmed and then when they interview him after the race they were like hey so are you okay like huh, that's pretty harsh those penalties are pretty harsh and he was like i mean i just I had to go faster. Just maybe go faster. It's okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. I don't mm-hmm. mind. Uh, it's so weird and so disquieting to see Alonzo so nonchalant about all this stuff. Maybe it's just because he's matured and because he really does have a sniff at real greatness again. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe he is chill, but it's weird to see Alonzo in this state of Zen. This is not. I, I'm loving this, but it, this is not the Fernando Alonso I'm used to. <laughs> and it's, well, it's only, a, I mean, to me, it's only maybe. a matter of time before he starts to get a little spoiled, right? Because I do to, right? sense, I mean, it does seem as though all of this is he's just like resigned himself to like, I'm going to drive mm-hmm. in Formula One until I die. And yeah. my luck will probably be what it's been, which is that I'm stuck with crummy teams and super inferior hardware. And you know what? at least I still get to drive Formula One cars on weekends. And that's a thing that brings me joy. And all of a sudden, to be second in the the uh he's he's now got to be second in the driver's championship. Oh, no, he'd be he's he's third third in the driver's championship. But to be to be there is absolutely remarkable i think he's i think he's tickled i think he's you know he's he's appreciating the fortune of the situation i'm gonna mark it right now that's gonna last for like five more races tops and then he's gonna like something's gonna waken up back inside of him where he's just going to be like i you know nothing is acceptable except for winning the world championship <laughs> yep yeah, as the oldest no... man in the in the sport you know yeah uh yeah. 
but but for now it's it's wonderful seeing him in this blissful state. So okay, so uh, he uh, that he gets a five second penalty which he has to carry mm-hmm. out in the pit stop. Uh, good news is his teammate went off, triggering a safety car. That means. Any any pit stop that is made will be less, you know, uh, disadvantageous right. uh, because, because the cars the are cars circulating on track, on track are, are, are yeah at a so lower speed slower. behind the, the safety car. He yeah. pulls in, waits his five seconds. They do the work on the car, lunges back out and whatnot. And it's not until close to the end of the race that we start getting clued in via radio communications from Mercedes yes. talking to George Russell saying like, hey, try, you know, Who your at the time you, was 4.8 seconds behind yes. Alonzo. That was like the gap to and Alonzo. It, and, and is specifically told, try to stay within this five second gap to Alonzo because he may get another penalty. Yeah. Um, well, they don't even why? say that. They just do the thing, the coded language of race yeah. engineers and drivers where they're like, hey, we need you to be within five seconds of the car ahead of you. And what that what that means, because the way that the FIA hands out penalties are in five second increments. So if anyone yep. says we need you to be five seconds on the dot behind one someone or 10 seconds or 15 seconds or 20 seconds on the dot. That's what they mean. Uh, that like they don't even need to, yep. they don't even need to say anything. Uh, there, there are different codes that they use for different things, but it's just like, Oh, if you say five, 10, 15 seconds, I know exactly what you mean. The guy ahead of me has a penalty and I'm trying to get ahead of him in a technical way. It's, I, I love it. I love when that kind of stuff happens. Oh, I love the radio chatter. So uh, at that point, it starts to be like, oh, did he get a penalty? What would he get a penalty for? Start mm-hmm. glancing at some of the footage. Oh, maybe the mechanics touched his car before the five seconds, you know, when it pulls into the pit. They're not supposed to touch it for five seconds to observe the five second penalty yep. uh, and whatnot. And so maybe he's going to get something after the race, but the race completes. He's on the podium in third place. Celebrating. Pointing, he gets to, he gets to spray fist, champagne. Fist he gets to, well, no, no, John, this is, old, this is Saudi Arabia. Oh so yes. This is rose yeah. water. This is carbonated Spraying rose water. Rose water. Uh, I believe that that's what they do. Is that in in the in the Muslim countries they do carbonated yep. rose water, which, uh, I, I, it's probably just as gross and sticky as getting sprayed with champagne. Maybe it, uh, maybe champagne. it stings your eyes twice as much yeah. as the actual <laughs> champagne yeah, yeah, yeah. does. Uh, so so he has he has that moment, and it's like probably like barely 10 minutes after that mm-hmm. that the news rolls out oh actually they are going to apply this uh penalty to him 10 second penalty which should yep. be surprising to no one because that's exactly what happened to Ocon in the previous race and yep. he got a 10 second penalty for the same exact infraction which also is a whole other story as to why the hell weren't Mercedes telling Lewis Hamilton hey try to stay yeah. within 10 seconds of Alonzo because I think he missed him by less four than a second. Tenths. It was four yeah. tenths of a second that he ended up finishing behind Fernando Alonso. 
So yep. Mm. Man, bummer, Merce- bummer oh. right there. I'm I'm uh, genuinely concerned. We'll talk about it more when we get to Mercedes, but I am genuinely concerned about Mercedes. <laughs> Just yeah. Let's Mercedes. come let's come back to that yeah. because uh, Alonzo's race ugh. story is not over yet. Yeah, yeah. He is yeah. he is penalized. He is uh kicked off the podium. The not, not trophy, literally, like they, yeah, they not do. Literally. He like uh, he they the, he walks the, off the podium, and the FIA goes yoink, and they take the trophy back and like literally hand yep. it to George Russell as he's walking. They give it to, to George Russell, who like while in the process of being given the news, George Russell is like, "Oh, that's cool. I mean, like I'll take the trophy, but Fernando earned it. He should have should have deserves it. Like that seems for it. That seems weird. That seems overly harsh." Yeah. Uh probably four hours later, six About hours that. later. Somewhere and I've seen yeah. no actual statement as to why. I've just seen that the FIA reinstated Fernando's third place podium finishing position and basically canceled out that secondary penalty, uh, yeah. the 10 second penalty that was applied. So presumably, I, yeah, go, go ahead break, I break this down. Why did, why do you think this happened? This is just, I, I think it's because technically the FIA has to impose that penalty within a certain amount of time. So I think it's within like 20 minutes. Of, yeah, I believe it's 20 or 25 minutes. Yeah. That they have to impose a penalty if they yep. see one and are going to hand one down from the moment that that penalty takes place not from the moment that penalty is flagged but literally the first time that they see that penalty is happening like they have 25 minutes to let yep. that team to know. deliberate yeah yeah because it it messes up strategy it messes up the team strategy and yeah, it's, well you want to you want to see this stuff happen on track you want to yeah. see people pay the penalty on track during the race so that you still get to see a sense in real time of how how it's impacting the action yeah. on track. So uh, do you think that this was something that they weren't considering penalizing um, Fernando for and Aston Martin for, and that perhaps another team, say Mercedes, was breathing down the FIA's neck and saying, hey, we think, you know, we, we looked at the footage 20 more times than you guys did. And we think somebody's touching the car, hit them with a penalty. And that's why it was something that came a little bit late. And also why Mercedes were the ones to be chattering on the radio about it, because there was otherwise there was no other signal. Like they typically put out. Yes. Yeah. Johnny, are, are we in your trash corner right now? Is that what's happening? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Uh, I just want to, you know. Yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. Mercedes, are they or are they not salty little snitches mm-hmm. that were trying to uh, trying to rile up the 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 FIA? I wouldn't put it past them. I, I absolutely would not put it past them because there are they they were the ones to benefit. They were the ones to benefit. They 
Hmm. It's a, it's, here's the thing though, Johnny, is it's kind of half-baked because I think if they were doing that, they would have let Lewis know. They would have like tightened everything up and been like, get in there, Lewis, because there's a chance that this is going to go through. And I think that they would have had him push a little bit harder. Not that he had much more in him, but uh, I, I think... I don't know. I, I, you may, you may, you may be right though, John. I think it might be because it, different sides of the garage have different priorities, and if you choose not to tell the other side of the garage that you're looking at something, that's not the same as lying to them. Mm-hmm. Like if they didn't see that same thing, right? If Lewis's side of the garage didn't see that, like, oh, maybe Aston Martin touched the car a little bit earlier then like why would Georgia's side of the garage be like hey person who's in direct competition with us mm-hmm. who literally is the only other person who we can call our direct competition right now like do you want to like have uh, an advantage that we now have so i there's i think we are in your trash corner and i'm i'm willing to join you here johnny i'm willing to join you here uh i i just want to be specific and nuanced yeah yeah i'm coming i'm coming i'm i'm, I'm in there i'm in there uh yeah, yeah. There's, pl- there's plenty of room uh it smells oddly nice in here and comforting uh so y- yeah yeah I'll, I'll be in this trash corner with you there's there's a good chance that we had someone from specifically george's side of the garage at mercedes kind of putting a bug in uh is it who's who's now representing them with the fia is it toto and i guess probably james james allison would be doing it again right i guess maybe i mean you know i just imagine you know uh the, the sniveliest versions of Toto that we've seen yeah. in the past few years coming coming out and uh and and getting activated. Like All by right, any so means we're necessary. into we're yeah we're we're into Mercedes. Um mm. t- talk to me about your Mercedes feelings. So, this whole thing with Angela leaving Lewis as her uh, as his trainer. Uh I, that at first I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like this is one of those he's wishing her well on her next adventure. Like clearly something has come up and she needs to move on it kind of quickly yeah. or else it's an opportunity that's going to pass her by. But then, I don't know, I just do get the sense that like th- that wasn't as smooth of a trans. This is not a smooth transition because he has no physio right now. Like he doesn't have uh-huh. someone, and so his with him. trainer has been. Uh, it's it's been discussed, and I don't know how long they've been working together. Uh, seven it's years, quite seven years, seven since, years. Yeah, yeah. It's regularly stated that uh, she is the single closest team member to him, you know, and isn't just in charge of looking after his physical well being, but presumably is like a confidant is a support system is a very critical piece of the both health and physical, but I always assumed the emotional, the mental and emotional. Yeah. Yeah. For, for Lewis Hamilton. So what uh, do we know if she chose to take off? Do we know if he, you know, asked her Mm -hmm. to move on? Uh, The, 
only thing there are like so these are like rumors and whispers on Twitter and all that stuff where there are people who are like, well, he has been looking to make a change in his physio uh, with, with his with his coach, uh, with his strength and mm-hmm. training. He's looking to go in like a new direction uh, as someone I, I don't work with like a physical trainer or a gym or anything like that. But as someone who works as like a teacher and a coach, I can understand and I want to like believe that it's like, oh, maybe they just maxed out their relationship where like mm. it became more beneficial for him to work with someone else in order to change things up and like reach a different level. Maybe he's plateaued at a point or whatever. And this is just one of those splits, but it doesn't seem like that. It seems like it was way too quick and way too ragged of a split for it to have been amicable. It just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then like the posts do have, when you put it in that lens of like, Oh, what this seems to have happened quick. It's like, mm, it's maybe a little bit saccharine, uh, the, the statements on both sides of like, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see what you do next. You know, is that like kind of weird thing that you do with an X where you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. I like hope everything, I hope, I hope everything's we'll okay. Continue I hope everything to be the out. closest of friends. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I don't know. That's, I feel like, you know, let's, if we're, we're here, we're in this trash corner, then I think that this is what this, this is something to, to speculate on that there is something. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lewis is in inferior machinery than he's Mm -hmm. used to, but that's not the only problem. Potentially a bigger problem is that he is continually, uh, being bested by his teammate George Russell, yes, who is who is not a seven-time world champion, and yeah. you have to, you know, I I wonder if this is like the shockwave of realizations in the same way that like Toto is, you know, coming forward and making statements along the lines of like, okay, now we realize that it's time for a more radical change than we had even considered before. And I wonder if this is the same sort of thing for, for Lewis personally outside of, you know, jumping to another team, but it's him saying like, I'm going to take my single most critical support system and switch it out for one that hopefully does me better, which I, you know, I, I have, I mean, obviously I have no place to say, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's a, you know, there's certainly the potential that this is just a sort of like desperate act for looking for anything to solve the problem that is yeah. the current predicament that Mercedes in general are in. Yeah, it's like going on vacation to save a relationship kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Just like, oh, maybe a different view will make this not bad. And it's like, well, no, yeah. if... If there's something wrong with us, then we should probably address that and not just like, you know, uh, uh, go with a zero pod. Uh, the, uh, so I kind of the the situation with George and Lewis, uh, and I know it's bit. This is like other people have said this before, but I don't think that we've talked about it on this podcast. Which there's 
the idea that George was in a Williams, he was in a car and had to drag so much out of equipment that was so inferior that yeah. that's like training at altitude. And then when he finally yep. did get into that Mercedes, when he replaced Lewis, when Lewis got COVID back at the Bahrain Grand Prix, there was, he like jumped in there, qualified very well and damn near won the race, even though he had multiple setbacks, like he still almost won that race. So yeah, I think that because it's the, okay. So uh, there are a couple analogies here. I mean, I'm, one, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm on this wavelength that the the younger guys are better at jumping into whatever shows up, whatever's rolled out in front of them, and and getting the most out of it. Yeah, but I think I think it's more specific with with George, uh, in George's case, uh, like I, I if if you golf, the idea of like if you start out using like really crappy clubs. When you finally do get yeah. a good yeah, set yeah. of clubs, you will be much better at, than someone who is like, oh, I've like worked on like a comparable set of clubs and now I've just kind of upgraded a little bit or I've like downgraded a little bit to worse clubs. Um, it's like, I, I guess it's kind of like using like a, like a pen if you're used to like you work like really hard at like signing your name with like just like the absolute <laughs> shittiest pen and it's like the worst yep. and you're like i want to make my signature really really nice you have to like work really hard with that pen to make sure that the contact points are just so and that you get like the exact kind of arcs and curves that you want and then when you get someone's pen that is like a gorgeous like fountain like a bespoke mont block pen <laughs> like that like has like inkwells that mm -hmm. cost more uh than you know you pay for uh for like a nice uh suit like you get a pen like that and you sign your name with it you're going to be ripping through that signature right versus the person mm -hmm. who's like always yep. had those beautiful perfect pens then gets like your shitty bic pen that's like mostly out of ink and maybe like went through the wash a couple of times <laughs> It's, it's like the, uh, I think it's, it's the 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 baseball bat with the weights on it, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, but it, yeah, it's just. So I think that Corey, there's. I didn't know you. Were, I didn't know you were that into pens. By the way, <laughs> I want to uh, after this podcast, got, I want to hear more about cool, yeah, cool, geeky talk. pen stuff. <laughs> um, but that's like that's what I think is happening with the Mercedes right now, and I, I that's why George mm -hmm. is excelling. And just doing it kind of quietly and like resourcefully and proudly and not in this like pompous way uh, and in kind of this like understanding and empathetic way to his teammate where he's not going to just throw his teammate under the bus because he also yeah. was teammates with Nicholas Latifi who was in similar machinery and he was yeah. never speaking ill of Latifi. Right. Like you never heard him yep. talk smack about his teammate or even make it seem like his teammate was at a deficit to him. So I don't know. I think that's what's going on with Mercedes. Uh, Lewis is just reeling and trying to figure out a new thing. Uh, I hope these upgrades. I hope something happens with these upgrades. My God, something's got to happen. <sighs> So sad. So, 
I want to turn the corner and talk about uh, Red Bull a little mm-hmm. bit. Meanwhile, and... sorry, Mercedes finished fourth and fifth. So wh- what are we doing here? What What are we really complaining about? It, it, well, I mean, I mean, that is in this year, that's an excellent showing for yeah. Mercedes. They're ahead of the Ferraris and they finished ahead of one of the Aston Martins. What What is going on in yeah, this what sport is happening? Yeah, right what is now? Happening? Yeah. What yeah. is this? It's bananas. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's we can move on from Mercedes. All right. I want to I want to talk a little bit about Red Bull. I want to touch on some things mm-hmm. like, you know, Max crushed it 15th to second almost in half the race. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still a little puzzled as to why he didn't catch up to his own teammate. Um it seemed as though like he was rocketing through the field and then like stayed permanently five seconds behind his teammate, which I wonder if there's some shenanigans going on there. Um, Speaking of shenanigans. All right. So an amazing race for Sergio Perez. Amazing qualifying, amazing race. Just pulled it together. Checo is having, this was probably one of the best races or best weekends Mm -hmm. of his career. That's what Horner said. Horner was like, this is the best race that Checo's had. And I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's wrong. And this poor guy is still in this advantageous, in this wonderful position is like, (laughs) hyper paranoid and rightfully so like mega paranoid yes the team are on the radio to him and giving him instructions of like hit this target time Mm -hmm. and his like immediate response is like okay tell me right now what's the target time that you're telling the other guy like knowing that like if you don't tell me the truth, I'm going to, you know, look up the broadcast feed of his in-car and listen to his radio and I'll know yeah. exactly what you told him. So you tell me, what did you tell him? Yeah. And they tell him, okay, so why are you telling me to go, you know, six tenths slower yeah. than him? Like, why? Why would you, why would you do that to me? Yeah. He like What's asks going this on, here? on the radio, like during the yeah. race, says it. And then, like, doesn't mention it again. Uh, and then very artfully and skillfully dodges it in the post-race press conference. Uh, in that in that press well, conference. Even in the cool-down room. Yeah. In the cool-down room. They're in the cool-down room. He's like, he's like, you know, he should be in there being like, I won. I won. This is yeah. awesome. And being like, hey, Max, how is second place? Is second place all right for you? How did yeah. it feel to be in second Get place? Get out of my chair. And, in, <laughs> and instead, yeah, oh, that's right, yeah, because Max did accidentally, just by habit, sit yep. in, the, in the first yep. place chair. Um, uh, oh, great. But he sees Max in the cool-down room, and he just immediately is just like, what did they tell you to do on keeping pace? What stops pace did talking, they tell you to do? Stops like, you know, talking to Alonzo. Like, fully stops yeah. talking in the middle of, like, gleefully chatting about the race start and like how fun it was to like have that little battle and is like hey so what were that what times were they telling you to do like asks him directly what times were they telling you to do like 
almost as if he's like trying to catch someone in a lie. And that feels yeah. great. Absolutely. <laughs> I, Absolutely. Ooh, I so, love this action. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and and otherwise, you know, um, they're they're tight on championship points now. Max has a one point lead solely because mm-hmm. he got the fast lap uh, yep. points. Uh, for for this race, which was another um, point of also, contention, that was another point of contention. Yes, where yeah, that's the that yep. was the only crack in the facade during the post race press conference. Was they were like, so what happened with the fastest lap thing? And Sergio like just sna- like repeat like immediately goes, uh, I was under the impression that we were just holding station. Like I I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't realize that he was like, which basically means like I was leading the race. I had set the last fastest lap when it became the last three laps when you are supposed to be like, Hey, so who sets the fastest lap? Who gets this extra world championship point? That's when you ask that question. And ultimately the response is just for your teammate. If they're following behind you to hold station because you are ahead and you already have the fastest lap. So yeah. it should be locked off right there. And what does Max do? What does he do that last lap? <sighs> Comes in I mean, you know, like the fastest lap. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of co- I mean, of yeah. course he does. That's what he And he said that in the press conference. I, he was like, there was a point on the table. I took the point. Like, and it was such a yeah. like, ah, uh, I just want Sergio to do that. I, I want him to stop yes. playing such a team game because the team does not care about his championship. But I think that's, I think that's the challenge is that even being second place in the world drivers championship, he has to like mind his P's and Q's amongst his own team because, you know, he fears further retaliation or defavoring or, or whatever. Like it's a, it's a, it's, it's probably the worst, uh, the most uncomfortable seat. Out of all the cars. Um, I, I'll yeah. also note that Max Verstappen, he uh, he made this triumphant surge through the field. Mm-hmm. That's heroic stuff. Yeah. And he won the driver of the day award, which is totally typical when you make a push through the field. Yeah. But I he agree. won it with 24% of the vote, meaning that that 76% of the voters were not choosing the guy who gained 15 or, yeah. or 14 positions that in a Formula like One race. A solid like, like that, that 40 should, to 50% of the, the people watching. If not more should so. Be cheering. And, yeah. And, yeah. and to me, that's just a sign of like, you know, uh, the, the, the fan base as a general are, are, are a little bit, you know, fed up or not enthusiastic about this and that like you know already mm-hmm. it was like it was sort of like oh cool he's starting in 15th or 16th that's exciting that should spice up the race and yet everybody still knew yeah he was just gonna carve his way through the field he was gonna make his way back no matter oh. what um yeah just just wild uh one one other little thing just to touch on in in <laughs> red bull and 
you uh, you sent me a message about this specifically, God, so uh, probably within forty minutes of me also coming across the same GIF, oh, which is uh, Sergio after the race getting out of his car and doing what drivers do they they run around and they uh, their their teams are held back by gates. Mm-hmm. And you can't just jump into your team, but you run up to the gate and you kind of like jump over the gate and you hug as many of your team members as you like, can. They're and like everybody's stacked super, like four or five deep and yeah. they're photographers and everyone's there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a total scrum. It's a wild scene. It's all emotion. And particularly because it's Checo and not Max, you know, uh, mm-hmm. everyone at Red Bull are ecstatic for Checo but like Checo's side of the garage are extra jubilant, you know, because yeah. within their within their garage, he's the underdog and they're yeah. jumping up and down. They're going wild and just sort of stuck in Checo's <laughs> armpit is Yas Verstappen, Max's dad, <laughs> and surrounded by people who are in pure ecstasy. Mm hmm. This man is a stone-faced statue. Yes. He does not reach out with his arm to pat Sergio on the back. Other people are Doesn't like even reaching around effort. his neck and face to just try and have that like I just want to be able to touch him in yeah. this moment. This is one of our most joyous experiences that we've had together and I just want to be able to like touch his Nomex suit and know it's, that I was in this in was this like wonderful moment video. with him. It was like a Bjork video where it's like, oh, you're making a statement here that like ev- this is like an art piece that you're doing, Yoss. And it was so, so pathetic. I'm sure, I'm oh. sure Max gave him a hug after mm-hmm. the race. I didn't I didn't see it with my own eyes, but like oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure yeah. that 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 happened and that. Like what, Corey? What's Yos thinking in this moment? What's going on? Why is he? I don't. All right. So this, I want to make it very clear that I, in no way, am making light of child abuse or making light of like physical abuse. But I think Yos was wow. just. I like this wind up. I like. I like this. Uh... He was just imagining his hands around, like his child's throat. Like, I think he was just, like, I, like, just angry. Like, he had no place to put it because it was not Max's fault. And it was not Max's fault that he came in second. Yeah. He did everything in that race correct. And I don't think that he could have caught Sergio, even if he tried. But I think that Yoss is just so, just unflinchingly unable to accept failure from his son that. He all he wanted to do was enact violence on his own child. And I think the only reason there's like at the very end of that clip, he like kind of like flashes this weird forced smile. And it's after Sergio is like kind of moved away to be congratulate, uh, congratulated and celebrate with some other people on Red Bull. But I think the only reason Yoss kind of does this like pseudo smile is because there's a tape delay there's a delay on the feed and i think that 
he didn't realize that the cameras were on him while Sergio was celebrating. I think he was just, st- and but then of course they're on, of, of course, course they're, they're he's, but he's, he's no so stranger by rage. to this. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a no grand prix winner. This space, like, yeah. is it, is it, is, does he want, like, he has to know that he's on the world feed when the guy that won the race is jumping into the crowd and is right next to him. And is he, yeah. and like, you know, and there's a guy standing there with a freaking like $40,000 camera rig on his shoulder inches away from his face. Yeah. Like, is he thinking like, I don't want to be seen on camera congratulating this guy like or or whatever like this is like because I, I think there's an argument to be made for what Maybe. you're saying that like he's just like he's just got pure rage but i have to think that like you know this is like you know uh sharon stone saying that like i didn't realize they were pointing the camera between my knees when like it's like actually there was like you know 1600 watts of light pointed you know there and and yeah. whatnot like when you're yeah. when you're like when you're in that space, like, like, you I, know, it's, you have to, you have to know. I think it's, he had to know. And yeah. I think, I think this is some sort of like it, like he, this Maybe is, this is what he chooses to project. And like, I don't, I don't think it was an ugly moment just caught on camera by mistake. I think this is, this is what he wants to put out there. It's just bizarre to me. This wow. isn't like Senna. Maybe, Post, I mean, maybe. Right. Like this is, no, this, this is, is something two else. Teammates who who help each other out you know and are supportive of each other i mean obviously there's clearly some really dark tension underneath the surface but like yeah uh, th- there's but there it's it's also such a clearly delineated number one and number two driver sort of situation at the team that this just seems so overwhelmingly petty like what what's yeah. sorry i'm i'm trashing i'm trashing up the corner again no it's it's I a just, good tra- i mean yeah, like- if anyone belongs in johnny's trash corner it is yos for stappen that man is the epitome of trash uh i i have my feelings about max as a person but i abs i have no problem being like yeah. Yoss is trash. Just, he's just hit that hit 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 homeboy's Wikipedia page when you have a chance. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You'll see how bad of an evil monster that man is. <laughs> You'll understand why I immediately went to violence as the thing that he would do and respond mm. with because he is a violent abuser. Uh, and just yes, go to his Wikipedia. Look up Yoss Verstappen, folks. Uh, don't mean to be like Google him, but like that's as much air as we should give him on this podcast quite frankly uh yeah i think he's he's trash all right he's trash uh all right let's get into the the people who do not belong in the trash corner but keep like mr magooing their way into johnny's trash corner what's up with ferrari what happened what how did it all go so wrong so fast I, I, so this is one of the worst, uh, radio communications that, that we've heard. Do you mind just kind of like setting the stage for, for what was going on in this, in this moment under, uh, under safety car, which, which moment, which, I mean, 
Oh, Which sorry. Moment? I'm I'm yeah. There's, I'm thinking there, of uh, uh, so few. yeah. Uh, Charles getting alerted way too late about yes uh, where he's at in relation to like the safety car line uh, or or the yeah. timing of the safety car and so Hamilton coming out of the pits. So the safety car caught everybody by surprise because, uh, and by everybody, yeah. I mean the drivers on track because a lot of them had already circulated and seen Lance and been like, oh, this is going to be a virtual safety car until like, they yeah. like, you know, crane that car away from the side of the track. I mean, we're fine, but I get it. Double waved yellows slow down. So everyone was kind of like, okay, well this will be tidied up. Uh, there's probably no reason to, to stop uh, for, for a pit stop. So then when the full safety car got thrown, everyone kind of scrambled and all the cars pitted every single team pitted their car uh, for yeah. a different set of tires. And the, the Ferrari Charles Leclerc's Ferrari was so far away from the pits that like they could have easily developed a strategy because the virtual safety car had been deployed. That flag had happened, so everyone immediately decreases their speed. So the cars start circulating even slower. And then they just let Charles go by the pit lane. Like just they just let him completely go by and they don't stop him. Uh they mm -hmm. could they had a free they had a free pit stop for the virtual safety car and also had a free pit yep. stop during the safety car itself. So he had to go all the way back around the track to come back yep. around. He gets passed by Hamilton in the pits and he's just like, Hey, uh, I need, it's like Zavi. I think it's like his, uh, what, what he calls yeah. his engineer. He's like, Zavi, I really need you to like communicate with me. Like, I really need that. It was just such a like, Oh no, Charles. Yeah. Z Zavi Zavi replies <sighs> copy and then my favorite part of it is Leclerc follows up with just one last no but but come on yeah that was that was his his final final message to him uh just just heart heart wrenching and actually earlier in the race he was moaning over the radio as well mm -hmm. um yeah yeah of course, of course. Uh, it's yeah, <sighs> it's it's rough, rough over there in uh, in in Ferrari land. And just the, the fact that like Carlos only got one lap in qual in the third round of qualifying. So they were on like tender hooks from the jump from the time when they realized that they were like, uh oh, Charles is going to have a 10 place grid penalty. That means we got to get Carlos signs up there so high. We got to get him up there so that like he can kind of block any Aston Martin or any Mercedes or maybe gobble up uh, uh, one of the Red Bulls if he can off the start and kind of back up the pack so that Charles can get in there. And then like Max goes out in the first round of qualifying. So Ferrari's like, oh, snap, we only got we're good. We got this. And then. The wrong Ferrari qualifies ahead of the, like, so it was just the Ferrari was doomed from the start. Carlos starts what fifth, uh, st ends up starting fifth on the grid, falls back, gets gobbled up by Hamilton again. Like, you the fact that Mercedes was ahead of Ferrari at the end of this race was pathetic. 
I mean, it's pathetic. Ferrari's got the fastest mm-hmm. car. They have arguably the best package outside of anybody other than Red Bull. Maybe even the only team that could potentially be competitive with Red Bull. How, what are you, like, come on, guys. What are you doing? What are you doing? You shouldn't be out of the top five. It should be Mercedes struggling to get into the top five, not closing out the top five. Come on. It it hurts. It hurts. I'm not even a Ferrari fan, but it hurts to watch this at this point. They're they're going to lose Charles. He's going to go to another team. Uh, If you're Charles Leclerc, why would you stay with Ferrari again? I mean, would, he would, goes. He goes back every, every, every night. He goes back and he looks at that message that Sebastian wrote. Yeah. On the on the helmet that he gave him. Yeah. Just like every day, like touches it, and like yeah. bows his head for just a second longer each day. It's like Kylo Ren talking to the Darth Vader helmet <laughs> and just being like, "Yes, the yes. time will soon come." Yep, for yep. me to make true on your promise. Um, and meanwhile, um, it's it's been Toto, uh, just Toto Wolf, uh, manipulating everything from behind. Uh, <laughs> yes, behind yeah, exactly. that like weird cloning tube or whatever. Um, yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So. Uh, rough, rough stuff in in uh, Ferrari land. I got yeah. one other wild card thing that was super rough about the race that's deep in my trash corner but before i get into into that is there anything else that you would like to talk Mm. crap about uh no so no i like uh while uh while formula one visits saudi arabia Mm -hmm. um they did a thing that was pretty cool where they had a a small Saudi Arabian orchestra that they had actually set up on the track and they filmed them performing um the Formula One theme song, which was which was beautiful. It was actually really cool. It was really I'm so glad like you brought kinda, this up, Johnny. I'm kinda, so glad kinda, you brought kinda this kinda up. Kind of cool in the way that uh, you know, the last season they did the like Mexican version yeah. of the Formula One theme. They didn't work it into the like race intro in the way that i was hoping to with this saudi arabian one um but uh but that was that was something that they put together yeah yeah they as they typically do broadcast the national anthem being performed on the the start finish straightaway um by a saudi arabian marching band that was composed entirely of adult musicians Mm -hmm. who somehow sounded like the first day of eighth grade band practice (laughs) i do not know and like i was in complete misbelief and i thought you know what's happening there's like there's a camera, uh, there's like a, a microphone over here, and yeah. then there's like another microphone over there, and somehow they're like time delayed, and they're out of sync, and it's making the band sounds completely out of tune. Yeah. And then the, the you know, the, the world feed cuts to the driver standing typically solemnly 
respecting mm-hmm. the national anthem of whatever country it is that yeah. they are visiting. Let's just and just to be clear, s- l- look up the Saudi national anthem and listen to it. It's beautiful. It really yes. truly is like a beautiful. The- I mean, it is. But this band, this band was, oh boy, uh, <laughs> wow. There wow. is the drivers look like they are barely holding it together from laughing. They cut to Stefano Domenicali and he looked like he was about to bust out laughing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I've never heard, like it sounded like every single member of the band was often. I don't, I don't know how that happens as a, I'm not a musician uh, in the traditional sense myself. And like, I would think that like you could have one, you know, clarinet that's off or whatnot. Yes. Yeah. Someone out of key or out of time relative to everything. But it sounded to, Yeah. It somehow it sounded, sounded like yes, the Johnny. whole thing sounded like, like everyone was Ralph Wiggum playing yes. an instrument. Like it was <laughs> yeah, yes. Playing the flute uh with, with their nose. Uh just not doing not doing that like regal and gorgeous national anthem any justice uh i've never i have never missed daniel ricardo more in my entire life than during that national anthem i just wanted to see him vibing out to that there i'm sure that someone's done Mm -hmm. like a fan cam of uh of daniel ricardo vibing out to different national anthems he vibes so hard and it's so fun to watch because he's not doing it as like a joke he's doing it as like he really is like trying to like feel the music and get into a flow uh because that's like how he gets into his driving but i just wish oh i wish daniel ricardo could have been there this is a moment in any major sport where you see the athletes like Take a moment after all the chaos of everything yeah. leading up to the event to take a moment to breathe and let the gravity yeah. of what they are doing settle in on them. Like I'm sure literal George Air Russell, Force jets, like Saudi Air yeah. Force jets, are like going over and like doing like flybys, and they're on like the majestic ocean side. Like it's there's reverence I to be had. I guarantee that out of 23 national anthems this season, I guarantee that George Russell cries during at least 17 of them. Oh, for and, sure. For sure. You know, and and just like that's that's what you expect from this like majesty of this sport and like yeah. I, yeah. It was it was insane. Like I was I was just like am I going crazy here? What's what what, what is this? So, yeah, it was an interesting <laughs> I don't mean to make light of violence, uh, but I can't imagine that the Saudi government watched that display and went, oh, "Oh, that made us look real, real good in the world. We should we should bring all them to the palace for for like a special celebratory. Good job, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I think everybody everybody in that band is getting good jobbed up. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're getting t- good tonight. jobs, real good. Yeah, real, real good. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's a real dark place to have gone. But come on, perfect, you know. perfect. Um, yeah, I think honestly, this this race was phenomenal. Uh, I, I thought that watching Fernando Alonso do his thing, uh, 
dance up and down uh, the, the the paddock uh, with just like such a pep in his step, just delighting in every media interaction. I think that we should all really, really appreciate this Fernando Alonso uh, because this is, again, not who I remember Fernando Alonso being. Win or lose, this is not who this man usually is. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what he turns into, but I'm also enjoying this moment and just like we should all be present and appreciate this like very good natured Fernando Alonso because he is the villain. He knows who he is and he will turn back into the villain soon enough. And I got to say, the pendulum's probably going to swing pretty hard in the other direction. That's when what it I'm does. saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, the, yeah. you know, his, his, uh, he's, he's going to be, yeah, he will be fortified with this sort of like misplaced optimism mm-hmm. that went wrong. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, it was it was great. Uh, it, it sucked to see Stroll uh, retire so early, uh, uh, but that's that's how it goes sometimes with reliability stuff. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to see what these cars do at Melbourne. The racing again, the field was like the top ten teams were like four tenths apart in qualifying. Yep. Like th- this is this is what the formula was trying to engineer, and I think it has worked. It hasn't worked shuffling the entire field, but now we've got Aston Martin as one of the front runners. Uh, ideally, mm-hmm. if McLaren can get over their reliability stuff, they'll be mid pack and maybe even challenging uh, the Alpines again for like that like best of the rest classification. Uh, Mercedes, I yep. can imagine, is going to bring some pretty dope developments pretty soon listening to Mick talk about them in like interviews uh, earlier today, he was like, yeah, I've been on some, uh, I've been in the sim with some of the new parts and like, it's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, I think Mercedes is going to be able to claw their way at least above Aston Martin and the constructors. I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, uh, they're, they're doing okay right now. I mean, it's only two races, but at least no one's really Forward running progress. away with it. Yeah, yeah. Red Bull's yeah. running away with it, and they're going to. And it's exactly what we were in fear of, Johnny. It's happening. Um, we're we're witnessing the early we're stages. Already resigned to. Yeah. It's sort of like, all right, this is you know, Red Bull's gonna set some records this season, and then everyone else is going to do Formula One racing. Yeah, against yeah. each other. Yeah, uh, so they're at like Formula Z, and we're going. Yeah. We're at Formula One. They are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, oh boy! I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna put it out there into the world. Not for Melbourne, but sometime this season, mm-hmm. I think we are going to see some hyper volatile uh, Perez. And Verstappen tangling with each other on some mm. like multi twenty one or taking each other out because just this this paranoia that Checo's got is well founded, and yeah. it's a poisonous thing to have coursing through your veins. Yeah. And it's very easy to imagine why he has these these senses tingling, and it's distracting. Um, so. You- 
it's it's inevitably it's so. distracting. Yeah. So that's the problem. And these guys have to make choices in nanoseconds. So if you're thinking that your team is working against you for some reason, that is going yep. to be a problem when you have to make that split second decision. All right. What do you think, Johnny? Stock has gone up, gone down, leveled out. Where are we at this week? Stock continues to rise in mm-hmm. in the United States. Seasons just picking up steam. Uh, I thought this race was a little bit of a snoozer. It was the it was an exciting, boring race yes. to me. At the end yeah. of the day, there wasn't anything dramatic, but it felt like we were constantly on the precipice of something wild happening. Yeah. Regardless of that, I think the stock continues to rise and uh has has no turning point in sight at the yeah. moment I, I can't imagine it going down anytime soon again more hype with vegas it's going to just keep rolling out the closer we get to it the closer uh the, the more inundated we will be with the marketing campaign uh so i think the stock has gone up as well i think it's going to keep going up uh this is there's there's no end in sight in my opinion And as long as the FIA continues to back off and stop uh, just absolutely getting in their own way and tripping over uh, their their own bedroom slippers, uh, then then I think we'll be okay. Then I think that the the action will continue to build and won't be anticlimactic or weird like it was today. That was weird. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Very. It, It did not look good. Again, how does the FIA make the sport look bad? You're the regulators. You shouldn't you shouldn't have a presence. <laughs> like how are you able to actually detract from like the elegance and like uh, whatever. All right, where can they find you out there in the world, Johnny? Online, in person? Where you at? Uh, you can, you could track me down at my home address or, uh, at johnnymotion.com, which is my online home on the internet and find all my other places via johnnymotion.com. Corey, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can track me down on burn Corey burn. That's my handle on all the things. And then we are also the F one files on TikTok, on Twitter and the F one files pod on instagram i think that's the actual handle if you search for the f1 files you'll find us uh that's where we're at so yeah come come track our goofy asses down online and reach out and uh make sure to catch up with us because we will catch up with you the next time on the f1 files Boo.